Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Come on to the rock show. Come on to the people's show. Come on to the premier show. Smackdown. It's August the 2nd in the year of our Lord 2001. It's been on the No, no, Tom. Nowhere. <laughs> oh, it's so. Atomic Kittens, Eternal Flame. Yes, it is a cover. And yes, it is a banger. Is number one in the UK charts. David Gray's White Ladder oh. is inexplicably the number one album right now in the UK. White Ladder is the fourth studio album by English folk singer, do I call him, singer-songwriter David Gray. It was first released in November 98 through Gray's own record label. Uh, inexplicably, it was brought back and climbed to number one in the charts on the 5th of August 2001, uh, thanks to the success of Babylon, the hit single. So, a two-year-old album. Friday night, I'm going nowhere. All the lights are changing. That's a one. That, that had been around for a while. And, it, and, they, and it just made a comeback because yeah. people liked it. Yeah. And it spent almost three full years on the UK Top 100. God, David Making Ray. it one of the longest charting albums in UK chart history. Good lad. Good, good on lad. you, you get. In the alt charts, Weedus's number one album is number one right now. Uh, save the money, mates. Uh, <laughs> Cats and Dogs is number one film in the UK box oh, office. Oh, this is where we find out about the true hatred of Cats and Dogs That's and really right. it's a spy thing. Yes. Uh, Cats and Dogs, the 2001 yes. spy comedy film with the voice actors, uh, actor, I've got to speak there, sorry. Jeff Goldblum, mm. Elizabeth Perkins, Alexander Pollock, uh, Toby Maguire, Alec Baldwin, Sean Hayes, Susan Sarandon, Charlton, <laughs> Charlton Heston, John Lovitz, Joe Bantiliano, and Michael Clark Duncan. Uh, the film received mixed reviews and earned $200.7 million on a $60 million budget. Roger Ebert gave the film three stars out of four, praising the special effects and CGI. Did you know there were sequels to this? No. Cats and Dogs, The Revenge of Kitty Galore. <laughs> Striking While the Iron is Cold, 2010, it came out. Featuring... Uh, Chris O'Donnell, Jack McBrayer, James Marsden, Nick Nolte, <laughs> Christina Applegate, Cat Williams, the Denver Broncos, Bette Midler, Bette Midler, Neil Patrick Harris, Sean Hayes, Joe Padianano, and Michael Clark Duncan, Wallace Shawn, and Roger Baston Moore. <laughs> it received mostly negative reviews and only grossed $112.25 uh, million. This was then inexplicably 
Give it another sequel. What? Cats and Dogs, Pause 3, Unite. <laughs> Doesn't make any sense. Pause 3, Unite. Pause 2, Unite wouldn't make any sense. Oh, whatever. Uh, 2020. He came out featuring the voices of Melissa Roach, Max Greenfield, George Lopez. Uh, it didn't num- do well. The, uh, the there are no are numbers because you went straight to video. <laughs> wow, isn't that great? You know, a franchise is doing well when every 10 years they release a sequel to it. So are we due another Cats and Dogs film? No, I have to wait till 2030. Oh, God. Get, get your fingers out. Do the math. Can't wait that uh, long. Former Spice Girls, uh, Melanie Brown. Melby makes her TV presenting debut as the host of ITV's This Is My Moment, which returns for full series. The programme performs poorly in the ratings and it's axed in February 2. The BBC announced plans for The Saturday Show, a new Saturday morning entertainment programme to replace Alive and Kicking, the bastards. Uh, after watching the spoof Brass Eye documentary about pedophiles, Culture Secretary Tessa Jowell asked the Independent TV Commission to change its procedures so it can roll more swiftly on similar programs in future. What satire? Yeah, none of that, please. And exciting news. Manchester United signed Northern Ireland goalkeeper Roy Carroll from Wigan Athletic (laughs) for 2.5 million quid. Carroll gained his greatest infamy for the goal that never was. Do you remember this? Against Tottenham Hotspur in January 05. A speculative shot from the halfway line by Pedro Mendes that Carroll dropped well behind his goal line, <laughs> but then scooped it back into play. The referee and the linesman were somehow unable to verify that the ball had gone through over the line and the goal was not given. <laughs> the, the Proper heel bullshit. It was refereeing that, Nick Patrick. Yeah. Early early uh, Photoshop memes and things like that were featuring the back pages of Zoo and Nuts where they'd obviously like they'd done the line with like a big thing around it to go, didn't go over the line didn't go over the line I seem to remember seeing that All right. and the big game this week is of course Tweety and the Magic Gems <laughs> for the Game Boy Advance GameSpot criticised you know right fucking hell if anybody finds if, if the world blows up in the next few days and all that's left is, is, this, is this podcast they're going to think, wow, games were really shit made by humans. Snoopy Tennis, Tweety and the Gems. <laughs> Tweety the Magic Gems. Sorry, Get it right. Magic gems. Put some respect on Tweety's name. Put some stank on that ass. Game, GameSpot <laughs> said it was overwrought. And, what? <laughs> overwrought. overwrought. That's not a word I'd expect to see a review of Tweety. <laughs> There's a common complaint on the Tweety fandom of uh, him in general. Yeah. Overwrought scope and stunted presentation of Tweety the Magic Gems ensures there won't be the GBA's archetypal innovator. Who are you getting Fuck off and using these big me. words for a view of Tweety? IGN concluded, while Tweety isn't the worst game in the GBA's lineup, it's definitely amongst the bottom of the barrel. <laughs> the board game is annoyingly long, and the mini-games are surprisingly short. There's no real balance in the game's design. It's just all bad. Uh, yes, that was a big game this week. Also, a little game called Golden Sun. We don't have any time for that. <laughs> because <laughs> we've got to talk about... <laughs> <laughs> fucking all the time for Tweety. Fuck, oh, my fucking Golden Sun. Fuck like Golden Sun. I didn't want to bore you with... Uh, Fuck Golden stuff Sun. That has nothing to do with wrestling. Or specifically, <laughs> a little WWF show named Smackdown. As you were saying, they called it classic Smackdown. Watch along. Not... Lock tongue. That's the things we do for the pay-per-views. It's just the review with me and Tom. But you may watch along. Have your audio format 
player of your choice. Watching you do just what a you seven do this, point by the way. turn to get out of this cul-de-sac. I'm nearly there. I'm nearly there. You're doing great, mate. Is the cats and the kids are <laughs> off words just staring at us. Um, do you actually do that when you listen to a podcast? Just stare at the file that's playing it with like a JPEG. <laughs> because I am very guilty of that. So they say watch long. It says, well, they're all watch long enough. I'm staring at it play. I mean, that's probably why I make the album art so nice. That's why I make. I, yeah. That's why I put extra time into making the album art for people who do just stare at Spotify. Yeah. You, you notice little things about it. The more you stare, it's like the Mona Lisa. Yeah, I'll hide things in some of the future. Yeah, ones you can see all the bits of soup. So I tend Tom. to have mine on though, while I'm walking or while I'm sleeping. So I'm very rare. Oh, like a normal human being. Well done, like Tom. A normal human beings. I don't really look at the screen when I'm listening to podcasts. I should do this close. Tom day. Campbell, the Hi. host extraordinaire, the man who knows how to speak for a living, unlike his co-host, <laughs> the man you're listening to now. Tom, how the hell are you? I'm all right, mate. I think I, I, think I can still speak. I had, too, I had too many beers accidentally last night. Accidental beers are the best ones. Are the best ones. Um, because <laughs> I, I was finishing up at work and I was about to head home. And then um, Alex said, he said, oh, can you, when you get in, can you check this for me? I was like, are you not home yet? And she says, no. And then, and I said, okay, is everything all right? And then she just took a picture of her glass of, of gin. I was like, where are you? I said, oh, we're, I'm at the gin photography I'm class. At the gin pho- <laughs> I'm at my gin photography class. It's normal. And then she said, oh, I'm in this pub. Do you want to come along? I said, well, yeah, I do now. Normally I'm a bit like, nah, you have a lovely drink with your friends. But this time I went, actually, no, I want to come and gate crash. I'm going to come and gate crash. And we went to a new pub that, we've, that neither of us had been to before. I really liked it. Shall we give him a shout? Yeah, I'll give him a shout. It was the, the, the Cozy Dove in, in a part of Newcastle called Spittle Tongues. Wow. I don't uh, often go to Spittle Tongues. No, no. It's so, the, so the BBC Radio Newcastle is kind of in that vicinity. So they'd finished oh. their work for the day and went, oh, should we go to the pub around the corner? So the Cozy Dove in Spittle Tongues. The Cozy Dove in Spittle Tongues. Giving it's, the impression to everyone outside the UK that we do live in Lord the Bastard Rings. It really do. Yeah, it does sound like Beware that. Beware the Spittle Tongues. <laughs> and for some reason... It's a, like a it's got like a scrabble theme. I don't understand it. Like so mm. like the name Cozy Dove is above the uh, is is above the, the the door to the kitchen area and stuff. And it's in like scrabble letters. And then all the bar menus and stuff are in scrabble letters. I couldn't figure out why. I'm planning a little recce there maybe Saturday uh to well uh, today once I finish work. I might go have a pint in there and just ask the question. Yeah, I think I'm going to do that. Yeah, I think I am. Mm. I won't tell you what time, just in case you turn up. But uh, that, so that was, that was quite nice last night, to have some unexpected drinks. Uh, what else has happened this week that's of major interest? Otherwise, it's just been another worky week. It's just been another worky week. Yeah. I enjoyed the fact that we've now, we're now back on Greenwich Mean Time. Oh, absolutely. That's nice. I enjoyed the extra hour of sleep mm. on Sunday. Like, I feel like I really benefited from it. Like, I feel like I had a good, like, deep sleep. It was nice. How are you? I'm good. I also benefited from the GMT time switch because I was nearly late for appearing on arcade, uh, the Arcade Pit as part of Giant Bomb's extravagant oh. podcast some game show come Matthew dies horribly on every NES game. Nice. As I ranted and exp- I ranted going, we never got the NES over here. What we did, but no one bought it because it was crap. Oh, we had a NES. Two Americans going, y'all, you know, and all that stuff. <laughs> Americans. Oh, you did. Do you actually have a NES? Played the shit out of WrestleMania Challenge and Mega Man 3 for yeah. my NES. Yeah, I played them. Well, for Jim's NES, my brother's NES. Hmm. I played a bit of it. Then, then I got a Master System. 
Steve. And then I had Sonic the Hedgehog and Alex Kidd and Miracle World built in. Yep. We definitely had a NES. Definitely had a NES. To keep blowing onto the cartridges to yeah. plunk them in like an old videotape player. I miss the tactility of video games. As an old bastard, I miss mm. the tactility of video games. You don't get that when you're down. I mean, don't get me wrong, video games now are, are incredible. Like, and you could own the best games of all time within seconds. But I miss the tactility of like mm. having the game and <laughs> clunk from play. I tell you what, I, I don't miss that, but I do miss having a manual. Oh, I, don't, I don't like having yeah. to go. I, you have to go onto the sneeze. You don't have to go onto <laughs> the sneeze. There's the sneeze. I called it you did. like a wrestler. <laughs> no, I'm going to sneeze. What? <laughs> ah, my eyes. Always sneeze to your left. What if a great mood had sneezed on people? <laughs> I live if he sneezes. Mooder. During the pandemic, Mooder. Maybe oh. during the season two of That's Got to Be Kane, Mooder can become the wacky neighbor. Oh, it's my wacky neighbor. <laughs> the great Mooder. Why are you calling me that? <laughs> He's got his mask on. And <laughs> That'd be amazing. Actually, those are, those are things. Like, there's a few things <laughs> I didn't mention. The, the, the postman delivered something to me to, to give to you because you were not in. It's addressed to you. To you? No! <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mooter. Blah, 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 blah. I thought of three things that happened in quick succession. Sonic, Sonic, and Sonic. <laughs> not, not even Sonic related. Oh. Three things that happened to me in quick succession on Sunday that I forgot to mention in my bit at the start because Sunday feels like a, a thousand years ago. Um, so I, I don't know whether anybody watches Strictly Come Dancing. No. On here, but if you do. On here. On here, on this, <laughs> on this thing. Uh, hello, oh, hello, Cup. No, no, not do a Do you fan. watch it, Cup? No. Mutter's too wacky for it. So. To, to you staring at the podcast thumbnail watching this. People are doing that now because I said that. <laughs> People are now annoyed and aware Send and they're pretending, they're looking away going, no, I wasn't, Matthew. No, I wasn't. <laughs> uh, I interviewed uh, Judge Shirley Ballas from Strictly for BBC Radio Newcastle on Friday. And I opened the interview by saying, it's nearly Strictly O'Clock and J Judge Shirley Ballas is with us. And she went, oh, I really like that Strictly O'Clock thing. I'm going to use that. And I was like, oh, yeah. And I didn't think any more of it. And then Strictly opens with Shirley Ballas going, it's Strictly O'Clock. I was like, no! Oh! Give me a writing credit, you cowards! Oh! That was exciting. You've been ripped off. I've been ripped off by Judge Shirley Ballas, though, by the great Shirley Ballas. I'm happy to be ripped off. Is, by is this your welcome to radio story? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> great finisher. Can't wait to kick yeah, it out right? of it. They so basically that was Shirley Ballas. Yeah. In rest, how do you explain it in wrestling terms? Shirley Ballas said, "Great catchphrase. I can't wait to kick out of it." That's yeah. essentially what she did. So that happened, and then in response to a tweet. Andrew Hodkinson had sent a GIF, and it was a GIF of Kane, like, doing a comedy shrug to the camera. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, oh. And I was like, what's, what's that? And I Have you not seen the, the commercial? Only until I messaged you on Sunday. I can't believe you haven't seen that before. And I went, like, uh -huh. so Kane did a Chef Boyardee commercial. <laughs> and it's basically, that's got to be Kane, the sitcom. But with, like, oh, how do I eat this with my mask on? No, that's not I just assumed you'd seen it. No. Oh. No, I'd never seen it until then. And um, uh, uh. <laughs> it's phenomenal. 
Because your feet's stupid. <laughs> Kane has filmed a live studio audience. <laughs> I was so happy. And then my phone started going, da-ding, 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 da-ling, da-ling. Mr. President, get down! <laughs> <laughs> and that's how I died. Um, last, last weekend, WWE announced... Um, Sorry, uh, a wrestling company in Japan announced that a WWE star was coming over to wrestle the great... Oh, we're doing it, are we? I just... I'm going to mention, because so many people brought it up. So WWE is now working with Noah. And if you listen to this podcast, you will know how much that means to me. Because it means that Mike Powell from Logistics finally fucking got it right. Good lad, Mike Powell from Logistics. But that's what this also means, right? This means that the joke is over now. That's actually no, this now, now the joke's now over. Now it's oh, over. Oh no! I'd have milked it for years, but now it's come to life. I'm a, I'm, and this is a genuine thing. I'm a firm believer that once a joke kind of uh, happens, becomes sentient, oh. then that's the end of the joke. Then, like, it's done. Like, if I you agree. get so, if you, if you have like a ridiculous, over the top impression of somebody that somehow you get them to do, then that's the end of I the agree. joke. That's, that's it now. So now Triple H has genuinely said, Noah, in a meeting somewhere. That's the, amazing. That is the end of the joke. It, it, it dies having lived a full life. It is sad and beautiful all at once. But that is, that is the full conclusion of the Noah joke, because now WWE are working with Noah. Somebody said, who do you want to work with Triple H? No, do you want to work with any companies in Japan? Noah. Okay, we'll get them on. It's, it's now a thing. The joke's real. It happened. So that's the end of the joke. Thank you for supporting it all these years. I'm very happy. It's sad and beautiful all at once. Years in the making. This, yeah, it is. It is. So this episode of the Coltonic Classic Smackdown Review, not only is it looking back on this episode of Smackdown, but it's also a wake for the Noah joke. Because <laughs> we're going to it's just a chance to reflect on how happy it made me oh. and how sad it made you and, <laughs> and how confused it made you. <laughs> But those three things all like bang, bang, bang on the Sunday. I was, I was floating all week. I was floating. It's nice. Bless you. Yeah. No, I thought, if, the, if this week's crap, then t- Sunday's class. <laughs> Today was, the week was a bit crap, but Sunday was yeah. class, so that's fine. Oh, that's, that's beautiful, Tom. Mm. I'll, I'll miss being annoyed by that. Yeah, well, I mean, there will be new jokes. No. You have no, you, no, no, no jokes ever again. We will, we will always plant new seeds for new jokes. We yeah. have to. That's the... For future generations to go, I don't yeah. get this. Yeah, exactly. I just, I want, new, I want our children's children to have new jokes. It's the circle of life. It's the wheel of fortune. Come on down. <laughs> Should we do letters? Well, Noah was still up and coming. It was still uh, a dove looking for... Land at 2001. It was. So I don't think it's that big of a deal back in the Wayback Machine. Uh, but you know what? I can't. I just, it's all blurry to me. I just got my contact lenses in. Can you paint us a more clearer picture of what the world was like before we start talking about this week's SmackDown, Tom? I can. Can before I do it's the mailbag? Isn't it? Can I do the mailbag? Yeah. yeah. I, I didn't. No. 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 I really like your <laughs> intro, and I didn't want to trample on it because it was a really lovely intro. Oh no! Wait. Sorry. The dove has been taken down by <laughs> a postman. It's Kevin Costner. Sorry. <laughs> It's kind of in a shit film. Go on, Tom. A uh, couple of letters. Thank you for all these. Classic at cultaholic.com for sending your thoughts in. Uh, dear points of view. <laughs> 
I'm writing to express my disgust at the lack of reverence given to the sublime sitcom Filthy Richard Catflap. Oh, oh come on. The fact that these two men, Thomas Stanley Campbell and Matthew Math Botchermania, I like how your surname is Botchermania, <laughs> do not consider this to be the same quality of the young ones and bottom is an outrage. Yeah, yeah, I, li- I really liked it. I also love a Transformers the movie commentary watch along, allowing oh. Tom to A, do more Starscream impressions and B, sing Dare again, which is a song my good lady has described as very sexy on several occasions. <laughs> Wow, Friday night's in your house. So maybe I could play the cast ABD. Oh, and get her in the mood. Sorry, I read ABD like it was a thing. Anyway, keep up all the good talking about wrestling, Bovril, or math being awkward, but awakened by Jeff Hardy. Brilliant. <laughs> Cheers, Jim. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I'll replace every, every instance of uh, Jeff Hardy giving Matthew ideas with, you know, hey, I'll tell you what, I watched that... Uh, whew, that Transformers movie of the night, Starscream, eh? <laughs> oh. Shall we have sex tonight, Megatron? <laughs> it's hot in here, Megatron. Let you... me take off my shirt. Let me take off my legs. <laughs> I love it when you talk dirty. I, I'm not. Oh, God, I'm sorry, Starscream. <laughs> anyway, um... Uh, you thank you about... very much for your message uh, to the points of view. Could we get you to record that and like, yes. you, what would they show? Just like a weird... They'd have the a, letter. A generic, like a oh, the actual letter. letter. Right, that's right. And then Terry won't go, oh, Debbie, I'm very sad that you feel so angry and aroused by last week's gardening program. <laughs> I love points of view. Uh, <laughs> we need it back. They were... Yeah, so the first point though, uh, Filthy Rich and Cat Flap, we like that you like it. It's a bit of a mess. It's it a, it's a game in an alpha stage, as they were called today. Nice. Um, like I said, there's le- the last few episodes get better, but it is just a, you can see what they're doing. But it's a lot of stuff happening at once. It felt like a pilot. <laughs> like it felt like a draft, didn't it? Like a rough draft for a sitcom, but they just did the rough draft. <laughs> yeah. Best way to describe it. But I th- I still think though, if people are. Uh, BBC comedy fans of that era from the bottoms, the black adders, and everything else like that. And it was, oh, an give it a watch. Absolutely, yeah. give it a watch. It's not amazing, oh, it's but it is definitely history. worth a watch. It's a piece of history. I think it's worth watching. Yeah, just the cast alone is like, wow, look at this. Yeah, the, the names that turn up in it, mm. it's phenomenal. Cheers, Jim. Um, a hearty hello to you, pair of scrummy gents. Mm-hmm. Token lady woman listener number nine here. It's another woman! It's another woman! Hello! Oh, gosh, do me hair quick. And what it's a, a smashing woman. blouse they oh, have it's on. It's a lovely smash. <laughs> <sighs> it's a smashing blouse. God, a woman's listening to this. God, Alex is going to be furious. Alert, alert. She's going to be livid. My wife's going <laughs> to kill me. My wife's going to kill me. There you go. Nice, no, old, old <laughs> British conference. <laughs> Uh, otherwise known as Hannah from Australia. Oh, hello, Australia. Or, quote, that drunken loon who messages Matthew on Twitter when she's about 10 drinks deep. Is this true? Wait, what's your avatar? Uh, she doesn't say here. Damn it, I don't know who the hell you are then. I was listening to the Smackdown review on my drive to work and was caught off guard by a vague reference to myself. Quote, an Aussie willing to do a shoey oh, right. some, from some lugs. That's right. So we know who this is. That's right. Cool. Is she all right? Like, is she normal? She wants to drink out of her lugs. You're right. She's perfectly fine. The good news is I have now filmed two separate takes. Oh. The bad news is I don't know a fucking thing about video editing, so you'll have to bear <laughs> with me while I make it watch. Send me the raw video. I will do the edit. Promise you. Send me the raw audio. I'll sort the edit. Send it in a wee transfer. We'll bring it to life. Yes. It'll be lovely. In lieu of that footage, I'd like to present a theory. 
There's an episode of Black Books where... Oh, more British comedy. I fucking love this podcast so much. There's an episode of Black Books where the main female character is desperate to return home. (laughs) (laughs) You're right. (laughs) In time to play some single player WrestleMania 2000. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. What did Tamsin do? While listening to Peter Serafinovich's husky voice reading the shipping forecast. I remember that episode. It was great. Oh, now I know. What, right, yeah. There okay, you yeah, get yeah, it. Yeah, there we go. There we go. Similarly, yeah. <laughs> I, I put it to you that Matthew's tones are not dulcet, but subtly lascivious. <laughs> There's something about that Geordie Tombra that drives people of various genders and sexualities to move furniture together. It's it's even led to conception at least once. That's true. Yeah, we can confirm. The ability to instigate human procreation while talking bollocks about the Wigan mines is not only a highly specific skill, but could potentially be used to address declining birth rates. (laughs) Me and Tom will go help Japan. We're on our way. No, uh, I don't. <laughs> you thought it was dead. If you take your mask, blah, 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 blah. Uh, the young ones. <laughs> I don't think there's a normal way to end this type of message. So I'll finish by saying I was making my way through Bubble Gloop Swamp in Banjo Kazooie before I started writing this. You could probably get a good five minutes of references and Gruntilda noises from that. Sending all my love down under Hannah. Oh, Hannah. Oh, Hannah. We just end the show now. Nothing I've forgotten to uh, play <laughs> the, the other outro. Day play the outro. Yeah. That's, that's the episode. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. Don't forget to join us. Love you. <laughs> oh, Hannah. A woman. One. <laughs> Stop that. <laughs> She's a woman one. She's referenced Banjo-Kazooie, WrestleMania 2000, Black Books, <laughs> and having sex to this podcast. And she likes my voice. And she likes your voice. Separate stylings. Yeah. I'll, I'll appreciate that. Okay, what, a, what an email. Wow. The bar is very high. Thank you, Hannah. I can't wait for the videos. Can't wait for the shoot. Hannah's shoey. Hannah, send, his Hannah backwards. Send me, send me, yeah, Hannah, Hannah. You are my candy girl. Right. Uh, final one. Uh, Hannah, though, we don't know. She may not come back to us. So, Hannah, we have to ask us at a proud Australian. Will we ever see your face again? No way. Get fuck, fuck off. <laughs> my favorite Australian thing. <laughs> Sorry. Um, uh, hello, thank you for reading my email out on the classic Smackdown review episode 101. Really made my day. I've noticed that Mafu is a big fan of Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Hey! So I figured, and this crosses the international punchline, I figured I would treat him to a Star Trek Deep Space Nine Reese's Pieces. Oh, okay. See, this is nice. And normally you have the Reese, the wrist piss in front yeah. of you. Today, I am the, the, the wrist piss holder. You're the wrist piss receiver. Now, I'm probably <laughs> guessing that Tom has no idea about the following characters, but I thought it'd be fun to see what Mafu's answers would be. You, you are right. So here we go. The following is a Reese's Pieces about Deep Space Nine. 
Are you ready for one of the horniest shows ever to air on TV? Go on. Mafu has to choose a wrestler in place of a Deep Space Nine character. Oh, okay. So here we go. Right. Nog. <laughs> oh, uh, who the hell can play Nog? Nog. Only Nog can be Nog. Um, Only Nog can be Nog. Uh, oh, but he's, he's a lion get untrustworthy, but he's really charismatic. Eddie Guerrero? Um, Eddie wasn't as hot. Damn it, Kevin Owens, uh, Julian Bashir. Oh, sex on legs. Um, <laughs> I say, God, you have to watch this. Nuns aren't allowed to watch this show. Decrease the nunnery rate. Uh, Matthew, you ruined the podcast. Just say anything. I can't. Um, he's honourable. He's uh, cocky. Got eyes above station. He's cool. He's cocky. He's bad. Honky Tonk Man, thank you. <laughs> Worf. Oh, come on. Uh, Did Worf go to Star Trek? Yeah, it's like one of these things like, you know, there's some shows like, oh, a bit se- few seasons in. Hey, you know that guy from the other show? And the people are going, what were you talking about? How, how would he even show up? He's yeah. like, well, he's here. You're Worf, like, what? what are you doing here? That's mental. G- uh, Goldberg. <laughs> Goldberg. Hard, he, he should be here, but he is. Jake Sisko. Oh, the best. Holy shit. Great militant, military bloggy. Bless you. Might just beat his own, but um, doesn't give a fuck. Eric Bischoff. <laughs> Quark. Uh, <laughs> thinking. This is tough. Mm. Have you never seen any Deep Space Nine? Never seen Deep Space Nine. I used to watch a lot of Next Generation. Eddie Guerrero. Odo. Lance Storm. Gold Ducat. Oh, man. Now we're talking. See, this guy is, was so, he was written so charismatically and brilliantly. The people who wrote the story thought, this guy's so bad, he, the, the people will know he's, he's bad, right? And he was got... He was getting really popular with the fan base. Going, he's so cool. Like, no, he's a bad guy. This has not worked at all. Nice. A failed heel turn. I'll say Seth Rollins. Nice. Major Kira. Oh. Doesn't take any bullshit. Um, Becky Lynch. Uh, J- uh, Jadzia Dax. I'd say China because she was inexplicably written off before she had a chance Ooh. to get her. She was, oh, she got fucked by the show. Sadly. Benjamin Cisco. Oh, wait, who did you say before? I said Cisco. Oh, Jake. Oh, it's his kid. Ah! <laughs> oh, no. Shane McMahon. Um, yeah. Shane McMahon? Yeah, Big Daddy yeah. Cisco and Garrick Bishop. Uh, Garak. Look at me sending all that stuff. Garak. Which one's Garak again? <laughs> it has been a while since I've seen <laughs> it. Hang on. It's been a while. Looking up Garak. Garak. What an exciting podcast. What a great podcast. Oh, Garrick, right, yeah. Andrew played amazing. Like, oh, who the fuck? Thank you for all the people having sex Just, uh, listening to Matthew named Deep Space Nine. I really, I really, I know, right. A really ambiguous uh, character who sometimes is what he says, but then he's always lying. But he can sing and he dances and he's, ah, oh, Chris Jericho, I guess. General Martak. Martak. Oh, he's just an old idiot, really, isn't he? Um... An old bastard that was up for it, yells a lot. Ric Flair. Uh, 
Uh, how about someone from 2001? Oh, Ric Flair. Yeah, well done. <laughs> Thanks, Tom. Miles O'Brien. Oh. Don't just pick an Irish person, Matthew. Don't just pick an Irish Um <laughs> He's just that resourceful lad who's always there, ready to do stuff. Meng. <laughs> and Vota Weyoun. What? Vota Weyoun. I think I know who that is. Let me just check. Now you get really into something and you stop watching it, you forget everything about it. Oh, you mm. hit, it all falls out your head. Vota Weyoun. Vota Weyoun. I don't know who that is. Sean Stasia. Sean Stasia. <laughs> Can't wait to hear Tom struggle with half the pronunciations. I think I did it right, didn't I? You did better than I did, Tom. Ah, oh, there you go. Uh, thank you both again for truly being a light in a lot of people's dark. Keep oh. up lots of love. Your blind friend, Matt Oakley. Thank you, Matt. Appreciate you, sir. Oh, hello, Oakley. Thank you for popping by. Oakley. Oh, we're you. Jeffrey Combs. Yes. Um, oh, you have that idiot. Have a, a oh, he dies a lot. So let's say... Who gets... Oh, Booker T. <laughs> Just you wait till you see his bloody... I'll listen to us talk about his bloody episode. Bloody <laughs> Smackdown. Oh, thank you very much, mate. I'm sorry, I, I, I should prepare for that question. Have a much no, I like answer. the fact that you didn't. I like the fact that it was off the cuff and it was very true and authentic. Uh, classic at cultaholic.com if you'd like to say hello. Uh, now, we will dig oh. into this week in the wrestling, this bloody week in the wrestling for August the 2nd, 2001. Once we've done that, Matthew Gregg will talk us through this week's episode of Smackdown! Uh, the Invasion did good. The pay-per-view in Cleveland oh, yeah. uh, has had a 1.6 buy rate recorded. Uh, the ever-expanding pay-per-view universe, it would be 750,000 buys, making it, if these numbers hold up, the fourth most purchased pro wrestling pay-per-view in history. So even with the way that that went, still banger of a show for the WWF. So not surprised by that at all. Um, however, it's not all good news in the TV world uh, because Channel 4 won out. So you, Why is that, Tom? Oh, gee, I wonder. So for the last year and a bit on the classic podcast, we've dipped in and out of this. So Channel 4 bought the rights to some of the WWF pay-per-views and Sunday Night Heat at the end of 1999. Uh, and their first pay-per-view they aired was Royal Rumble 2000. The moment that pay-per-view aired, the moment that Mae Young got her bits out for the world to see, that's when Channel 4 went, I thought you told us this was a family show. And they went, it is. And then everybody who, who believes wrestling is a family show finds out that it's not. Uh, Channel 4 got immediate buyer's remorse. They attempted to remedy this by showing the pay-per-views on a delay uh, with commercial breaks to make up for some of the lost revenue. Everyone hated it. And Channel 4 have gone, you know what? This contract's up at the end of the year. We don't want it back. And also they digitized um, some of the blood. Xbox yes, they reviews. did, didn't they? Yeah. Yes, they did. And they cut something out. Um, it was male on female violence for the exact spot, but I, I believe they cut. Obviously, I didn't show it. So, Euro Trash followed these broadcasts. Yeah. So, is it funny how it's, it's how one for one show it's this and for another show it's that? But again, but again, you sold to yeah. I'm saying you, that cynically, you, but yes, as you said very well there, Tom. Who's the audience for this? Who can you sell advertising? Aimed at that that demo that everyone talks about nowadays. Mm. Uh, teens, great. They watch it. It goes, uh, no. <laughs> no, they're, they're playing Pokemon. It's like, yeah. yeah, Pokemon and wrestling. It's like, no, no, no. To us, they're two different things. Whilst kids are going, no, no, no. We love wrestling. <laughs> we love the violence and the fake titties. But uh, Channel 4 are saying no. So WWF UK have uh, had a meeting with Sky and gone, hey, guys, do you want Sunday Night Heat? Do you want these pay-per-views? And Sky have gone, no. No, we don't. Sky don't want to do any other business at this point in time. So as it stands, WWF are, are looking to other 
suppliers and satellite services to pick up the WWF pay-per-views. Am I right in thinking that Satanta gets involved at some point? It might be a bit further down the line. I seem to recall Royal Rumble 2004 or five being on Satanta Sports. I think that was just another way of ordering the pay-per-view show. It was... Uh, what we're getting on to very soon is going to be the first wrestling pay-per-view on pay-per-view in this country, which is Royal Rumble 2002. Yeah, so the first Sky American one. Yeah, the first time that America, we got it. Oh, yeah, of course. Yes, yeah, sorry, I beg your pardon. Not like the one night only or anything else like that. Was it not? Was it the first that we had to order? I thought one night only was... I'm trying to think whether we'd ordered pay-per-views previously. Maybe we hadn't. Maybe the box office thing was coming around. Maybe that's the case. Mm. And, uh, yeah, so that's coming through, and that would change a lot of things over here. And we yeah. got very mad that we're now to pay for the pay-per-views. How dare you? Uh, that's just what Americans do. But, yeah, I don't know where Sunday Night Heat would end up at the end of the contract, because it definitely was on Channel 4 and O2. I think everything ends up going back to Sky. I think Sky do eventually pick up some other stuff. Maybe we lose Heat for a few years. Yeah. Maybe we lose heat for a few years. As a metaphor for the rest of the How true. Yeah. Uh, in the battle between ECW and its creditors, Acclaim enters the war. The, the Acclaim. You, you <laughs> know, <laughs> yeah, the Acclaim has arrived. Scissor me, daddy ass. Um, Paul, me too, rock ass. <laughs> Paul Heyman, uh, on this day, where this episode of SmackDown was going out, uh, was in court actually showing up to speak to some of the creditors who had the bankruptcy rights to ECW. So this, this started a few weeks ago where Paul Heyman went, yeah, let's, let's have ECW as part of this invasion. And as soon as they started appearing on TV, the creditors who own ECW because it went bankrupt went, no, you don't own that That's anymore. Hilarious. We do. That's our thing. And Paul Heyman was meant to show up to multiple uh, meetings with the creditors, didn't. This one he did uh, because it's gotten a bit interesting now because Anodeus, who is the... The company that owns Acclaim are involved. Oh. Now, Acclaim made the video games, but if they also claim that they own 50% ownership, they have 15% ownership of ECW because oh. of a deal that was struck with them and Paul Heyman where they take some ownership of the company. So they've popped right their head around the door and gone, hang on, if you're going to make any money off this, you've got to give some money to us as well because this is our yeah. company, not the bank. It's all a, very, it's all a mess. So uh, from the Wrestling Observer... Trustee Barbara Balaba Strauss, who was the trustee of the bankruptcy, uh, was satisfied with the answers that Paul Heyman gave in the meeting with the creditors. She told him he was pretty much finished with the case unless he needed to call him to testify regarding the claims of ownership from Anadeus. Now, they are saying that 15% of the company belongs to them. They also allege they are owed all the sale revenues as the only secured creditor. So they've not got any money that they think they're owed. They're also trying to secure past pay-per-view royalties and tape royalties from Pioneer Home Video, who marketed ECW tapes. Interesting. Uh, the WWF, Pioneer, and Balaba Strauss have all filed paperwork contesting the claims from Anadeus. Now, if the WWF is granted the right to purchase everything, because that is still very much something that WWF would like to do, um, they they put in a bid for a quarter of a million to go, we'll just buy ECW and, and we'll sort it all out. If they do that, then the creditors will divide that money up between themselves. However, if it turns out that Anadeus is indeed granted ownership of 15%, this changes a lot of things, and WWF will have to negotiate with them. Now, this is quite funny at this point. An interesting note, says Dave, is that the WWF currently has a lawsuit pending against Anadeus for unpaid advertising. So the company that is saying we need oh. money from ECW, WWF are like, well, hang on, dickheads. You owe us money. 
So what, oh. it, it, what it may come down to is if Anadeus ends up with the assets for ECW, they might simply surrender them to the WWF in return for WWF agreeing to drop the oh. lawsuit, which would mean that WWF would get ECW for free. <laughs> I took... I mean, so, so there's a lot in there. Rather like Paul Heyman right now, I guess. Oh, yeah, basically. So there's a lot in there. Basically, this company's saying they own ECW and they want some shares of the money. WWF are like, well, hang on, dickheads. We want to buy the whole thing. Either WWF gives the creditors 250 grand and they share it up, or Anadeus goes, it's ours, we'll have it. And then they'll then WWF will say, okay, well, tell you what, if you give us ECW, we won't sue you. And they'll probably go, yeah, all right. So mm -hmm. we'll keep an eye on that uh, gooey, icky paste that is the, the lawsuits for yeah. ECW. That's interesting. I'm mm. genuinely impressed that Paul Heyman didn't have some sort of the producer's vibe going on here <sighs> where it's like a claim to have a 50% ownership, a pioneer have 100% ownership. <laughs> My dog Larry, 150% ownership. He's it going through all the receipts. Um, you know, Herb Abrams is last show for UWF. Mm. The Blackjack Brawl, the MGM Grand, which hosts about 12,000 people and has maybe a 1,000 people in it. Uh, he asked for the advance for MGM Grand, obviously, to cover certain things, and this didn't pay anybody. <laughs> he not only did that, he got, said, well, we're going to do, uh, this is such a huge success, we're going to do two and three as well. He goes, oh, great, great, we'll book those dates in. Can I have the advances for those two shows as well? And goes, great. He just went, all right, bye. So fucking carny. So that's it's actually oh. it's that's nowhere near as complicated and bad as I thought the end of ECW would. It's just like, no, we haven't got any money. Yeah. It's, that's it. Sorry, lads. It's not a bang but a whimper. Well, actually, no, I'm not kidding. Paul Heyman didn't say that. Obviously, he's like, everything's gonna be okay, and then shows up on raw. <laughs> uh oh gosh, the injuries don't stop they don't stop coming and they don't stop coming. The Ross report this week saying that Trish Stratus is out for a few weeks with having a bone chip removed from her ankle. She was making some progress. She yeah, she's away. Uh, Billy Kidman has a torn PCL in his knee. You wrestled three banger matches and now you've torn your Bloody PCL. Hell, <laughs> Uh, Booker T has a calf strain. He ain't going to miss any action, though. He might, you, know, okay. you, you might notice that his matches are a little bit lighter. That's to take some of the pressure off. Uh, Sean O'Hare has a sore collarbone and a bad elbow. <laughs> uh, however, um, oh, Hugh Morris has tendonitis in his shoulder, but he's going to work through it. Uh, well, Chris right. Benoit uh, is due in the near future to do some on-sale appearances, so he's, he's, he's ahead of schedule. Triple H is ahead of schedule, which is nice to see. Rikishi due back around October. Uh, and uh, in another little bit of news, two little bits of info from the Ross report, uh, Jim Ross uh, really puts over John Cena. He says he reminds me of a young Sting. Keep an eye on this prototype, lad. He might be going places. Uh, and then More lies from JR. And this week, JR, uh, whilst he's at SmackDown, he's got a busy week for the rest of the week, he's off to, to LA to meet with Rey Mysterio Jr. <laughs> to have a little chat Rooney, because Rey's uh, guaranteed Turner deal comes to an end soon. And uh, they're looking at striking up a little deal with the WWF. Considering initially, Rey Mysterio was considered a persona non grata with the WWF. We remember talking That's about right. that, don't His we? bad attitude. Yeah, but it turns out there was no Ooh. bad attitude, and it was all just bullshit. Yeah, famously awkward Rey Mysterio Jr. <laughs> Kevin Nash uh, on his website writes, Yippee! As of right now, the plan is for <laughs> Scott Hall and I to work the Tokyo Dome show for New Japan Pro Wrestling on January the 4th, and then go from there. There have been some talks about an overseas Wait, tour to Australia after that as well. Oh, -ho. That'll be good. That's what he wrote on his website today. 
Hang on. No. That's what he wrote. Yippee. That can't be right. He's still got his non <laughs> thing. Endeavor. Nah, hang on. Come January, it's up. Oh, yeah, God. Yeah, we yeah. are getting closer and closer to O2. We yeah. are getting closer to O2. Yippee. Come Tokyo ja- Dome. Yeah. Um, no. <laughs> Tokyo no, no. Yeah. No. Uh. Stop it. It's not dead. It is dead. Uh, yeah, so we'll, that's one to keep an eye on. Hmm. One to keep an eye on. Uh, that is all my notes. Let us go to Hamafio Greg as he will talk us through this week's episode of SmackDown, yeah. August the 2nd, 2001. He's hoping the way the rest of the intro went from myself might be raw. Uh, speaking of raw, The Rock returns for the first time since the raw after WrestleMania for perhaps the biggest decision a wrestler has ever made in the history of sports entertainment, says JR, sweating through his hat. <laughs> Is he going to join the WF <laughs> or the Alliance? <laughs> Shane McMahon reminds Rocky that Vince McMahon has screwed him many times in the past, mm-hmm. including that Raw after WrestleMania. That's why he hasn't been seen since. Nothing to do with that Hollywood thing. Vince says he doesn't currently plan on screwing Rock again, but he also can't promise it won't happen again. Well, at least Fair. he's honest. Yeah. That's, that's something you'd say about Vince. Vince <laughs> says, Rock, you should give the people what they want. So The Rock gives a rock bottom. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> JR oh, immediately assumes that means he's joined the Alliance and is all ready to start crying. But then Rock, rock bottom Shane as well. People's elbow follows, followed by a finally The Rock has come back to... No. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be silly. Of course he's come back to the WWF. And that... Cuts in with the witty, witty, wee, witty, woo, witty, wee. So mm-hmm. he, he hit his mark. Well done. Radio <laughs> times. We're in DC. Woohoo. The Undertaker versus Booker T is the main event. But more importantly, Taz is back commentating with Cole. Oh, this Finally. Felt good, didn't He's it? still talking with his promo voice. That's right. I am the Taz. Uh, but that would change quick. Don't worry. Taz is here to say he's here to balance things out for the alliance. Yeah, Taz will help. Impartiality, innit? And he's got some good points later on in this episode. So, mm. Angle, the good guy, is here. And there's a sign in the crowd telling people to watch Will and Grace. <laughs> we all were at this yeah, point. Yeah, we all. It's a great show. We all love Will and Grace at this point. Yeah. Did you notice he didn't have his title with him? The one that he what, won Will? the last time? No, Will. Will had I remember it. that episode. Great Grace was his championship. Um, but no, Kurt Angle didn't have the WCW title. He won it last time we were together. What about happened? about to say that. What happened? Kurt says... What happened? What? what? <laughs> Kurt says he may have lost the WCW title on Raw, but it's summertime, and he's ready to tan, learn how to surf, and challenge Austin for the WF Championship at SummerSlam. Woo! It's a blow my nose. I'm in good health, honest. Angle says he's going to beat Austin because this is the United States of America, and here you can do anything you want. The crowd cheers. Angle says you can win an Olympic medal, and you can also win six titles with your NBA team, retire, then come back and help another team win something else. I think that was referring to Michael Jordan, who obviously left the Bulls uh, with that amazing run that we all know, to then come back with the Washington Wizards that had been announced. That hadn't happened yet. The Washington Wizards would not win a title. They didn't make the Eastern Conference playoffs, but we all knew what he meant. Mm, we Even Michael win. Jordan can come back and win something. I'm like, well, the first bit happened, mate. <laughs> Angle redeemed himself by making a Bill Clinton joke. Yeah. 
Yeah, Bill. I put here. Oh yeah, they was sort of like you know you. Two thousand one was still making Bill Clinton. You can jokes. be a dirty pervert with a cigar and still run the country. Like I, back in 01, it was like yeah, America. Whereas over here, it's like fucking call a national, call a general election, you pricks. Yeah. <laughs> like it's a very, I get a very different reaction yeah. in modern day UK. That was a that was the thing about Bill Clinton, wasn't he? He was had many different personas and faces. He was able to be like. Uh, I'm honest, Bill. Of the, have to go to DC and be honest and stuff like that. And it was also, wow, Bill Clinton. Yeehaw. Did you have a party during COVID? <laughs> you bet I did. That's the difference. It was if, if during COVID, Bill Clinton would have been like, a pinata, a buffet. A... Oh yeah, it's America. <laughs> Angle says, as an American, you can get screwed by someone, scrub yourself off, and then snap his ankle in two at SummerSlam. USA is going to stand for you submit to Angle. And Kurt says he's... I know, I know it's a bit corny, ladies and gentlemen, but I'm going to... I'm going to do it right here in Washington, our nation's capital. Stand here in the middle of the ring and do the Pledge of Allegiance. If you want to join in, you can. It's up to you. And a lot... Excuse me. And a lot of people do. Mm. And I'll put here is, wow, I can't believe this is all pre-9-11 too. They yeah. were doing... That isn't supposed to sound as, uh, as horrible as it may have sounded. I apologize. But I realize that this sense of American euphoria as he's taking on that evil foreign menace, uh, Steve Austin, yeah. um, was happening in August. I was surprised by that as well, because, uh, you know, because the, because what happened hadn't happened yet. Uh, the, and it was it felt like a bit of a, like an old school heel character who was just like, like super pro, or like an old school babyface character, but a very geeky character that I didn't know whether it would have vibed as a babyface. Yeah. And for some reason, Kurt Angle was, was loving it and getting away with it. Yeah, did, did it's Sergeant unashamedly. Sergeant Slaughter used to do this. Oh, sorry? Sergeant Slaughter, Slaughter did in it. his feud. Uh, Sergeant Slaughter was a bad guy because you go like, ah, you maggot, and I'll whip you into shape and all this stuff. He turned face in this amazing angle uh, where Iron Sheik had just had a match, squash match, whatever, and then um, he's just taking, they take forever in the ring going, no, the Iron Sheik, you know, actually, you know, he's like mm -hmm. doing the, hey, does he? And then um, he's coming down, like, by the time he, he's coming down, uh, Sergeant Slaughter, is heading to the ring. It's like when someone's getting late coming off the bus, but someone hasn't seen them and they've <laughs> past each other. And they're like, there's not enough room in this really small entrance ramp they've got. So he's like, you move. No, you move. No, you move. Oh. No, you move. And they're both going on. And suddenly, Sansora goes from being that prick to, yeah, get him slaughter. Get that <laughs> evil foreign menace. He's like, no, you move. And it's oh, it's really, really well done. Right, and then Sansora just make, makes it clear and goes, all right, you know what? I'm going to get rid of that foreign menace. You can't say that anymore and all the other stuff you said it was the 80s and uh and he goes you know what screw this and does the pledge of allegiance and apparently according to sergeant slaughter complete bullshit artist according to him and other people the president in charge at that time who i forget it was 81 was it carter or reagan i don't know uh he was watching tv and he stood up and did it with him and may or may not have told his uh, secret service to do it with him as well because of course he did. And then everyone applauded as you got off the plane. Hey, Tom, wait, I just read. According, according to the history books, uh, the, the winners were the good guys every time. <laughs> How about that? What are the odds? Anyway, so it was very, <laughs> yeah, right. so it was very interesting to see this done here because Angle is still being Angle. He's still a nerdy nerd nerd. So yes. it almost is in character. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, we do like you. There's a bit of Kurt Angle in every American, it looks like. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, uh, whatever. I don't believe in this country. Oh, say. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, you don't mess with America. Did I tell you when I went to uh, Magstock, this big camping nerd thing years ago, my luggage, I've told this before, but I'll be quick. My, lug, uh, my luggage got lost. Oh. Inexplicably. He was like, oh, no. So my good friend Bill, 
hello, Bill, maybe if you, maybe you do this and this, I don't know, um, went to Walmart and got me a whole bunch of like the $3 shirts. And they looked as good as you'd imagine. <laughs> There's one, I don't know where it went. I don't know, I would have worn it. Hey, because it's just really bad quality. But it's just like, it's it's deer hunting season. It's a picture of a deer. I'm like, it was just stuff like that. But you what, should wear one for this if you've still got it. But the, the one I have kept was the disgusting Stars and Stripes with the eagle. Oh. I, and it was awesome. So I had that and USA Stars and Stripes stuff. He goes, you know, because it's America. <laughs> you lamy. I'm like, thanks, Bill. Uh, and I went to Mike Stock and I wore that. And so there's lots of, it was some dude, bro. Lots of like nerds who were like ex-military or Navy and stuff like that. So we're getting just hammering, you know, people don't know going, hey man, it's really cool to see you wearing that. Cause you know, it's not that. Now everyone thinks you're not allowed to wear that and be proud, proudful of where you're from and all this. And I'm like, you know, going, all right, I have to go full hog here. <laughs> now, I know what you mean, buddy. Oh, you you know? did it. Yeah, I agree. And they're like, where, where are you from, sir? I mean, like, like glorious bastards. Like, whereabouts in what? Whereabouts <laughs> in Germany? Are you from, pal? I'm like, oh, New England. <laughs> <laughs> but then I went, you know what you mean? And I got out of the situation by going, oh, say, can you sing? And it means the two bros all go like, I know, I'm a by the dawn's early. <laughs> and it spread. Because everyone's like, what's wow. up, man? Oh, the anthem. <laughs> Fuck well, yeah. well, it's 1 a.m., why not? And they went there, uh, the home of the brave. And then I went, I'm so happy right now. And I went, can we do it a bit further? Hey, lad, USA. <laughs> Everybody puts down what they're doing. USA. I'm like, I have dreamt of moments like this. <laughs> That's phenomenal. Yeah. What a day. If you try and to I ruined it by going, I want a, I want a cup of tea. And they went, yay. <laughs> you lie, me bastard. You lie. Throw him in the harbor. Anyway, so yeah, so I can see, like, I saw this and I just thought, yep, any excuse there. But it, it worked. Good God is angle over here. It's all cookie cutter stuff, but DC loves cookies. Mm-hmm. Oh, Tom, what's that noise? Kurt's getting the facts. Oh, my mistake. It's Landstorm's theme music. <laughs> uh, he's Canadian. Boo, he's Canadian. With a Canadian flag, just in case you forget. Uh, <laughs> Storm says Angle only won a medal because a Canadian didn't enter the Olympics. Angle says uh, there was a Canadian and I beat him in a minute. Hey! Give a Cisisori is the Canadian in question. I looked it up. Good. Uh, I hope I pronounced that right. I probably haven't, but that was the that was a Canadian. Angle He's a big fan of the podcast. In the first round of the of the wrestling of the '96. And Lance Storm reacts by going, "Well, sure." Um, uh, um, well, whatever. Your, 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 your country's dumb, you, you can't read, and your medical stinks. Oh, and there's a lot of crime in D.C. Angle says, oh, yeah? How about I contribute the crime rate by shoving my foot up your ass? And Storm reacts by saying, no, I wouldn't like nope, that. I don't, like, I don't want that. <laughs> I that. That was great, wasn't it? No, nope, sir. I don't nope. like that. Let the horse from Stimpy. No, sir, I wouldn't like it. He also does a little bit of Monty Python where he goes, no one likes a joke more than I do. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, no one likes a joke more than I do. Well done. Uh, and challenges Angle to a serious athletic contest later on. Angle agrees and threatens Austin again. So Lance throws the icy belt into Angle's face and super kicks him and runs away. Ha <laughs> ha. That was great. I've never seen hey, someone that do that with the belt great. before. That's such a really obvious thing. <laughs> Just throw your belt like mm. it's pocket sand. <laughs> <laughs> yay angle yay america boo france what do you think tom <laughs> i loved it 
fucking angle and storm and like a nice little combo i you know what it's it, it's it's an obvious it's you know it's a, it's a low-hanging fruit to be in this in the capital and <laughs> going murka and then bring out a canadian look at you being polite with free healthcare, you fucking weirdo. We'll have a fight. You're boring, aren't you? No. Ha <laughs> ha! See? You're boring. You haven't once fucking punched someone. You twat. We'll have a fight. And so yeah. I li- I loved it. It was it was easy. And then I just love the fact that Lance Storm got the upper hand at the end. That I did not expect. As Angle's calling out Austin, completely dismissing Lance Storm. Storm's yeah. fuck that. Belt in the face, super kick. Oh, yes. And we're getting Angle and Landstorm later on. Yeah. Shoot that in my veins. The Landstorm action figure Woo. with belt throwing action and zero <laughs> facial expressions. <laughs> and, uh, with all facial expressions. All of them. Sorry, yes, you're correct. All, all, all of Landstorm of them. facial expressions available. All right. Backstage, <laughs> Austin and Debs are walking oh, no. and are interrupted by Sean Stasiak, who informs them of what Angle just said about him. Austin appreciates that and says, hey, boy, you got a hell of a Zeke on you. Have you considered getting into the wrestling business? Sean goes, uh, I- I'm in the Alliance, sir. And Austin goes, ah, of course you are. Of course. I'm not in the Alliance. You're a great kid. I've got my eye on you. <laughs> and he leaves. Austin asks Deborah, who was that? <laughs> and, even- and then Debs ruins it. She goes, he's in the Alliance. <laughs> Doesn't say his name. But I, I like the no, fact Debs, that... Debs didn't know who it was. But I like the fact that even Debs doesn't know. I, she, I think would she you bungled prefer, that. Would you first she gone Sean Stasiak? Sean Stasiak, obviously. Everyone knows that. Maybe she forgot. <laughs> I think she she fumbled her line. This was the WrestleMania X7 headliner, Debs. <laughs> she was. She's not a factor. Bam. Thanks. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Team Extreme are here courtesy of MX2002, the PS2, Corn Nuts, and Stacker 2. How can you have Carby Nuts and Fat Burner in the same thing? The circle of life, innit? <laughs> Smackdown yeah. presents the shitting machine. <laughs> Aren't we all shitting machines, though? No, at the end of the day. Yeah. <laughs> Palumbo and O'Hare and their bad remix of 
APA's theme are here. <laughs> they are still the WWE Tag Champions, but this is non-title. Jeff and Matt are able to out-wrestle both the Power Plant dudes, and that makes sense. I think the Power Plant trained to do squats and push-ups, and that was about it. O'Hare tries to help Palumbo with an assisted sunset flip, but the ref, Teddy Long, kicks his hand away to no pop, as the crowd is more interested in Lita. Shouldn't that been a tag? O'Hare, Taz has got a point. O'Hare eventually gets the advantage, but neither look particularly impressive, if I'm being honest. Green as hell, more like it. Mm. Mac gets a nice reverse DDT counter from an Oklahoma Stampede on Chucks. So that was nice. O'Hare, aka Mr. 2001 himself, takes on Hot Tag Jeff. Tez admonishes Teddy Long for permitting Jeff's double leg to the groin, as it's blatantly a low blow. You got a point, mate. Twist of fate and a Swanton Bomb connect on the WCW lads, and that can't be it, can it? Oh, of course not. It's the Hardy special. Uh, Teddy Long acts weird and focuses on Matt Hardy being hurt or something, and does that thing where he looks away from everything happening so the spot can occur with Palumbo superkicking Jeff and O'Hare's dead body getting the pin. Uh, this was natural-born thrilling. Mm. It was a ropey start. Uh, I thought Palumbo and O'Hare... It's weird how some of the WCW guys are still struggling with like the physics and the, and the way that WWF matches are put together. There's a few occasions where they both looked a bit choppy. Like they weren't quite... A bit like when you play with WCW action figures and WWF action figures. They don't quite match together. Yeah, different companies. It felt yeah. like that still. There's not that, that smoothness that comes from experience in a WWF ring. And boy, can you feel it with these. Uh, Hardy's losing again. They tend to... I mean, they won That's last... normal. That's good. Things are back to normal, the, Tom. The normal Phew. things are back to normal. I was getting so sick of those matches where the Hardy Boys won clean. <laughs> Ugh. Bill wants that. We want them to lose. Look how, like, well, what do we do now? Cheer them? Mm -hmm. That's... Lead up. Uh, it's actually a weird thinking about uh, different wrestlers and different companies and different ideologies. I've been looking at uh, SWS, Super World Sports. Oh, nice. The yeah. company that Temru set up when they realized uh, Giant Barbar wasn't going to make him the ace of a jumbo and you went, ah, oh, fuck it. Mm. I make my own company with blackjack and hookers. Um, <laughs> so they got a load of mid-carders from both New Japan and Old Japan. And they started off the company with the entire roster separated into three groups. The people that were in Old Japan, the people that were in New Japan, and the people who had been in both who were just in the middle, really. And they had to do this because you couldn't really have all these guys and these different philosophies in the same locker room. It was just going to create bad vibes. Oh. So I was like, all right, so they actually just stuck with each other. Like, okay, you're, I know who you are. I know how Old Japan works. Uh, the matches that didn't have any issues or anything like that. But I thought it was very interesting that they had to do this. Unlike when they tried to have them all hang out together backstage in this company and everyone started just talking shit about one another. Mm. Looking at you, buff. Yeah. Uh, Interesting, though. I thought it was there. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Steffi McMahon and Jericho bump into each other backstage so Chris can do his ha-ha women are slags <laughs> lines that he's still doing in 2022. He asks her where her cigar is, and it gets a pop like Bischoff asking Sid where his scissors are. <laughs> I said, <laughs> where's your cigar? You're having sex with Bill Clinton. Steph complains that The Rock should have joined WCW, but Jericho laughs at her zit. Steph's like, what do you mean? It's like, that's zit there. Whoa. We don't even makeup can save that. Ugh. Steph is frustrated, and then Edge and Christian magically appear and join in on the fun. Stephanie should have said, hey, if anybody knows about having to hide their face, it's you, Christian. And a blue <laughs> circle should have covered his face. <laughs> Jericho wants to speak for the Jerichoholics. Edge wants to speak for the Edgeheads. And Christian wants to speak for... 
The people that really like Christian <laughs> when they call her a dirty, disgusting, trampy, hoary, womany thing. Stephanie Knoll sells it and vows revenge on the Zit and Jericho. She gets upset at the end when she starts saying, I'm the owner of ECW and I'm going to make sure that you, you pay for being mean about my spot. Fuck me, this is where we're at. Oh, my version, they cut out the bit where it says, I'm uh, owner of ECW and you're going to pay for this. <laughs> <laughs> All of a sudden, Turok appears behind. <laughs> what? Turok bankruptcy hunter. <laughs> Just tear up bursting into like Enron. <laughs> yeah, Torok on Twitter in about three weeks' time. <laughs> and then Stacey Keeper is backstage with Steve Austin. And Stacey gives Austin some cookies. Can, can we if, appreciate that? You know what I mean. Oh, oh, sex. Can we appreciate the fact that Austin was like, who was that guy? And then bumps into his manager and goes, oh, hey, Stacey Keebler of 77, 40s, Mulholland Drive. I definitely know everything about you. Who was that guy? <laughs> I just thought, was that a rib on Sean Stasiak? The fact that everyone went, Austin and Deb went, who was that? Oh, and look. then as soon as they, oh, hey, Stacey. <laughs> look, they absolutely hired Sean Stasiak just to mess with Just them. to set the pace. It must have been like a Raven situation. Never mind the who the F hired Raven situation that happened, uh, allegedly. They must have gone, you, you kidding? We've re-signed Sean Stasiak. <laughs> not Hogan, not Goldberg, not Stasiak. Sean Stasiak. All right, we'll make him fun of him. Rooster Griffin. Griffin. <laughs> uh, I'm sad Austin. that we won't get Planet Stasiak to talk about, because that happens on Raw in 2002. Because oh. I loved Planet There's Stasiak. There's a few other great Stasiak moments, though. This ended up being like one of the better runs he ever had. Yeah. Though. He approves of the cookies and takes some more, and then he goes to put the, uh, the sweetener and the, uh, the half and half in the milk, mm-hmm. like all Americans do, and then uh, looks up, and there's Deborah, and she stares at him for eating another man's, sorry, another woman's cookies. Austin doesn't know what to say, so he goes, I missed you, which is funny. You look but lovely then, tonight. But that's it. I think there was more lines, but Deb's probably forgot them again. <laughs> oh, ready for more wacky hijinks between Austin and Deborah? Ugh. Fuck me. Is the invasion's in full swing. What's the top storylines? Zits and cookies. Deborah could make an onion cry. Oh, but it's okay, because we've got a proper invasion storyline bit coming uh-huh. up next. Oh, no. Someplace dark. DDP <laughs> has loads of photos of Sarah, neck tattoo, in a room with candles, and he's... Stinky McCreep <laughs> sniffing the photos, and I can't watch. Tom, what did they do to the people's oh. champion? DDP is apparently so infatuated with Sarah, instead of the whole thing about just using her to, you know, be famous and annoy the Undertaker. Now he's changed his mind because he got beat up by Undertaker. Now he just wants Sarah. In he gets a photo off the mantelpiece and licks it. So he's Robin Williams in one-hour photo. It gets better than that, mate. You've, One you've, hour push. You've missed, <laughs> you've missed the best bit, right? No, I didn't. Because then he sits down with his photo, <laughs> goes, time for a bit of alone time, blows out the candle, insinuating he's about to have a wank. <laughs> for all intents and purposes, right? I'm now, I'm Diamond Dallas Page, former WCW world champion. If you don't mind me... I'm about to look at a picture of the Undertaker's wife and have a wank in the dark. My cock is going to feel the fine. <laughs> Just had a little tug in the dark. 
Although, how he seems... I hated to... this. Oh, do you know what? Right, okay. I don't usually not... hate wanks, but I'll make an exception. I'm not against the whole thing of a pervy stalker persona. It shouldn't be Diamond Dallas Page, though. Right. It shouldn't be Diamond. I hate that it's Diamond Dallas Page so much. Hate this. Um, did you see uh, this week just gone on the NXT Twitter? Oh, yeah. Speaking of Sarah Nectar, too. Um... One of the uh, stars of NXT dressed as The Undertaker for Halloween, complete with the word Sarah written across the neck. And all the comments are like, Oh, you wrote Sarah! And I am baffled by this. A few people tried to defend it and say it's a tribute to Sarah Lee who passed away. And and I think whilst that is a lovely thing to, to consider, no, that's not what's happened here. Like that's been written there. That that's trying to scramble for something. That's scrambling. It might tribute to someone who passed away dressed as the Undertaker. I mean <laughs> That's even worse. That's what she would have wanted. That's what she would have wanted. It's even worse. I get that mistakes are made. Did you see yes. that? Did you see the whopper that I, I did in the news video this week? <laughs> oh, bless you. No, I don't want to be number... What is it, though? Oh, no, I stopped counting oh, now. Okay, yeah. I, I, so I, had, I had a mug on the news video that we recorded today that, that with a picture of Dijakovic on. It said Justice Anthony on it. <laughs> I get mistakes are made, and there should always be somebody that should just, like, double-check your work. I'm res- I, you know, I ain't perfect. I ain't perfect. But the Justice Anthony thing is one thing. But at no point, like, she's there, and somebody is writing Sarah on her neck. Yeah. And then someone else goes, hey, what are you doing? I suppose to oh, Anthony. Just the Undertaker. I suppose to Anthony Justice. And, like, at no point did anyone go, do you think it's right to put that? Because not only does he not have it anymore, but he's not married to her anymore. Nobody had that conversation as this was being put together. Then somebody filmed it. And at no point did they go, I'm not sure about the word Sarah on there. And then somebody gave it to somebody else who put it online. And they didn't go, don't know if Sarah should be on there. <laughs> nobody, nobody th- yeah, but what's the one? I thought, thought that I thought it's for not a second. That offensive. What, it's, it's not, no, it's, it's, it's not uh, that it's offensive, but it more is the fact that it's just a weird thing to insist on putting on a costume. What's her name? Sarah? No, the woman who, the wrestler. I can't remember, is it Indy Hartwell? I can't remember which wrestler did it. (laughs) Isn't that really bad? I can't remember the wrestler that did it. I apologise to the wrestler that did it because your name has just completely slipped out of my head. I'm terrible. I could tell you who wrestled on SmackDown in 2001, um, but in terms of, I mean, the video might, is the video still on there is the question. I'd assume it would be on NXT's official Twitter. Um... With all the Halloween stuff. Uh, no, it doesn't seem to be on there. Oh, wait, does it? Oh, no, it's still on there. Sorry, it is still on there. Uh, was it? it was a costume uh, by JC Jane. Sorry, of Toxic Attraction. I couldn't recognise you with the beard. Uh, JC <laughs> Jane uh, did the, is, that, is on there, dressed as The Undertaker. It's a, great, it's a great outfit. I was just like, we really, really had to put Sarah on there. Otherwise, we wouldn't have known it was The Undertaker. Yeah, I agree. Who's we did that? have to. Who the Who's that? that? Ah! I loved you at SummerSlam 94. No, I'm the other one. Oh, shit. Sorry. Funny. Well done, JC. Anyway, DDP has a wank over Sarah. 
And again, I don't mind the gimmick. I'm just sad it I belongs to Paige. Yeah. I'm just sad it belongs to Paige. But in defense of Paige, and credit where credit is due, he gives it fucking socks. <laughs> what for the wank? <laughs> just the one for that. Uh, <laughs> it might have been a two sock wank. Who knows? Uh, just a little cry wank. In a, and then, hey, in here's sock. Chris Canyon, the US champion. As Cole points out, he was given the belt, quote, as corporations tend to do. They're really going on the fact that he was just simply giving it, mm. given it, not giving it, by Booker T. Canyon says they ask a lot of questions on Capitol Hill, but they haven't asked this one. Who better than Canyon? And then Kane's pyro goes off instantly. Perfect so time. Kane, for Kane, Kane is Kane. better than Canyon. DDP is a lunatic, and Canyon is friends with DDP, so Kane wants Canyon. Makes sense. Kane is still over, but not as much as he was because the alliance has messed with everything. Shame. Mm. Kane batters Canyon, who can't even get the US title shot on Kane before getting dunked. Kane tries a rare springboard using the ring steps clothesline, but Canyon moves and he hits the guardrail. Kane ignores it and gets the top rope clothesline off the top. Canyon tries to block the chokeslam by grabbing the ref, but Nick Patrick pushes him away because he's eight feet tall. And Kane lands a chokeslam only for Nick to DQ Canyon and declare Kane the winner, but not the US champion. Ah, clever Nick Patrick. He's right, though. Kane somehow chokeslams the nine-foot Nick Patrick because he's a sore winner. Canyon got absolutely fuck all here, mm. and there's just more of that to come. You lucky thing. <laughs> it's uh, it's one all this week. In the I'm, I'm keeping tally on all the wins and losses mm. between the the alliance and WWF. And this week is now currently is one all. One all. Will it last? Mm. No. Stephanie talks to the Dudleys and Rhino backstage and says she's sick of Jericho's mouth moving, so she wants these lot to sort him out and also edging Christian, but especially Jericho, but especially edging Christian. I tried there, sorry. Anyway, here's The Rock. And oh my God in heaven, what a pop. Oh my God, it's the loudest thing of the night. Yeah, uh, the pop is so huge, it makes you realize how unover the rest of the roster has become. That's always the issue whenever The Rock comes back because he is on such another stratosphere to everything else. Whenever he comes back, it just dwarfs everyone else. Yeah. No matter how many times he will work with people and try and bring them up to him. It's like when he worked with the Hurricane in 2003. Yep. Like, he's always just on another on another yep. plane. Speaking of that. The Rock, the Rock says, and Sami Zayn potentially mm. having a back and forth, though, in 2023. Looking forward to that. Oh! The Rock says, finally, he's come back to Washington, D.C. He didn't come back to WF because of Vince, though, because Vince didn't make The Rock hell. The Rock didn't make The Rock. The Rock pauses and lets the crowd get hyped as they know what he's going to say. The people made the rock. Yeah! People nearby eating corn nuts two streets away. You look out the window going, the hell was that? <laughs> rock says the people... Eating corn nuts, they go, never mind that, darling. Finish off your stacker too. <laughs> yeah, finish with corn nuts Yeah, the corn nuts first, then the fat stacker. <laughs> rock says the people means the people. Little people. Yay! Skinny people. Jack next door. Yay! Tall people. Bacchidi. I hate the poor. And he's never leaving the WWF. That I thought would be better. And he's never going to stop being the people's champion. <laughs> the Rock is back and wants payback on that bald-headed son of a bitch, Austin. So why doesn't Steve come out and hug him? Ooh. Oh. And Booker T shows up instead with his newly returned WCW title. Booker asks him if he thinks The Rock can just waltz back in here and challenge Austin. 
The Rock's not in Austin's league or even Booker T's league. But The Rock holds his hand up to shush him like Ace Ventura himself. <laughs> and The Rock asks, who in the blue hell are you? <laughs> and just insta-kills Booker T's credibility. I mean, it is funny, but it's one of those times where one of the little issues with it, Rock, is, as we've talked about him, it's all right. I mean, certain people who can give it and take it have respect already. But there's those people who are so far beneath him that he just kills. And it's like, yeah, yeah thanks, Rock. Yeah. It's an instant reminder of like, yeah, you're yeah. In a, you're on a different planet. Yeah. Booker explains he's the WCW champion sucker. So Rock calls him WCW champion sucker. You're the WCW champion sucker? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so we asked Booker his name and Booker falls for it. No, Booker, don't do it. Uh, it doesn't matter what your name is. Booker challenges The Rock to a match at SummerSlam and Rock asks, why will Booker T be at that pay-per-view? Does someone need him to park his car? Or park their car even? Then Shane arrives to talk smack to The Rock. What? Why is he here? I'll put with four exclamation marks. Booker's dad continues to tell The Rock off while Booker stands there with his arms folded going, yeah. Crowd chants Shane to pussy with Cole trying to talk over it. Sorry, sorry PTC. Sorry, PTC. <laughs> Shane McMahon talks... Screw Andy Peters. Screw, screw yourself. <laughs> Shane talks some more and challenges Rock to a street fight on Raw. Rock calls them both gay and says whatever. <laughs> and that's it. Not since The Vanishing have I seen a man get buried alive so successfully. <laughs> Good film, by the way. Uh, yeah, what do you think, Tom? I mean, the, I mean, The Rock's great. Um, this is a weird sort of version of The Rock where he's not like the electrifying sort of super stoic 2000 Rock, nor is he like the, the loving life, living the dream 0304 Rock. He's sort of somewhere in the middle. Uh, he's middle for diddle. And he's, he could have given Booker just a... He does later on with people, which I really like. But like in this, like he could have given Booker just a little bit more credibility. Just even just a little line to go, you know, you were the best in that company and I'm the best in this company. It's all it needed, all it needed. Otherwise, again, like it's just, it's another, it's another segment where somebody from WCW is buried. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like, all right, I love The Rock. Of course we do. And yes. oh, Matthew Bugatti will be okay. Yeah, I know. He'll be but fine. Again, this is Matthew, the WCW fan, watching this going, wow, Booker versus Rock. And Rock's like, who are you? So that was that conversation in Mad Men when the lift and goes, it's like I, I pity you, and the other guy goes, "I don't even think about you." Oh, something like that. It's it's that, and you're like, ah, uh. yeah. and plus that with everything else with Mike Awesome and DDP, the the sock shagger elsewhere. The, the it's just like, oh great, are you ready for more of the WCW people? The more of the people that I used to love getting killed. And it's like, eh. anyway, more on that later on. Austin and Debs talk cookies backstage before Landstorm. Austin has not addressed the fact that The Rock called him out. No. At all. Because he's too busy worrying about the cookie situation. Yeah. Right. Which is a very deliberate ploy. Yeah. Landstorm tells... Uh, Landstorm talks Angle's challenge for some... All right, okay. Lance apologizes for the beating. He's going to give Kurt Angle tonight. And Austin gives an impassioned speech before telling Debs off in a segment that aged well. <laughs> Uh, the Duds and Rhino come out, and Rhino's theme is so generically forgettable that I thought it was that rare, like, last 30 seconds of the Dudley's theme still playing. Oh, no, I think Rhino's dun, theme dun, is quite memorable. This version sounds way better than the one you hear on SmackDown. I'm bringing out an album. 
I think there are le- there are le- there are less memorable themes. This one yeah. is not that bad. I don't know what you go them as a good theme. I don't know, like life is a mystery. <laughs> good theme. I got everything I ever wanted, and I never give up. Oh no, Rhino Factor. I know you hate it's Rhino, and you ain't gonna look at me like that. Hey, Rhino. Damn it, not Rhino Factor. The deadliest stable to hit WWF this week. <laughs> Edging Christian are here, and also Scott Do Hottie is on Sunday Night Heat. Making it Scotty too heaty. That's uh, expensive in the UK right now. <laughs> you thought I had just a crap bit there, but I made it even worse. Jericho gets the third biggest pop of the night as we get the usual goodness between these guys. Slightly different than usual because Bubba takes the time to yell, shut up, <laughs> and Steph sent me to kill you at Edge. It all breaks down at the end with Jericho managing to get Devon to land on Bubba's balls off the top. But then Rhino goes Jericho out of his little cotton socks as he's giving Devon the line tamer for the victory. Hey, well, I love the finish with the gore whilst he's in the lion tamer. Look, so look. good. It's like, aha, oh no, I have no defense for this. Yeah, that's it. I can't defend it. I have to let go of the move. Yeah. Oh, that's great. I loved it. 2-1 uh, to the Alliance. Well done. 2-1. Do you know what, Blaz? Debs and Austin continue to talk about cookies. <laughs> Fucking I did it. For the cookies. The what? <laughs> the cookies. The what? You're going to eat the cookies. Dig it up here. Austin accuses Debs of being selfish. She should have been more selfish with a dialogue I've written here. <laughs> <laughs> she loudly leaves the room with her cookies, slamming the door almost as loud as the JVC Circle <laughs> Fill Boombox. Guaranteed to give any would-be burglar crippling cramp if they attempt to pick it up and steal it from your home. I was horrible. Ar- I was arrested because the burglar that broke into my house tried to lift the JVC kaboom box and fell down the stairs. I'm arrested for assault on another person because of the JVC kaboom bollocks. What a mess. It's like a child designed it and no one checked it, like Sarah Neck Tattoo from JC Chain. The JVC circle filled boombox. Wherever you put it down, that's where it stays forever. <laughs> <laughs> the JVC Kaboom Box. What's that? You've got tryptophobia? Good fucking luck with this. It's full of holes and you don't know what's in them. The Kaboom Box. <laughs> JVC Circle Film Boom Box. Not even charity shops will accept it. <laughs> the JVC Kaboom Box. You've heard of the circle of life? Here's several circles of shite. The JVC Kaboom Box. Because more is more. It's Booker T regaining the WCW title from Angle, thanks to Steve Austin. Giga- the JVC Gigatube. <laughs> Gigatube, I choose you to cut the delivery man's <laughs> hands wide open. <laughs> I choose you, Gigatube. Just a gigabox just lands on a Pokemon. <laughs> just guy picks, ah, fucking hell. Yeah. JVC Gigatube. People are pretty confused. Someone still has one in their house. People are still like, we will let you on the podcast for free if you drink out of the GigaTube. <laughs> right. Oh, actually, you know what? Right. We will give you a special nod, a special shout on this podcast if, right, and let's see if we can get this fucker going, if you send us a video of listening to this podcast on a JVC GigaTube. How can that work? I mean, You've got to figure that out. That's for them to figure out. 
Burn this MP3 to a Burn CD. it onto a disc. Yeah. Get your dad's laptop out. There's <laughs> your challenge. Put a CDR driver on yes, it. Yes, there's your challenge. I want, I want a video for next week of somebody listening to this on a JVC GigaTube. There must be one somewhere It's 2001, still. so you have all the formats. And by that, I mean CD and cassette. What other formats will there ever be? And if this is being played on FM radio. Can I get a JVC GigaTube on eBay? Oh, yeah, we can buy it ourselves. I'm not going to know. I mean, I mean, I'm just intrigued as to what they're going for. Okay. JVC GigaTube on eBay. 94 quid. Oh, that's just the speakers. No, I want the whole, I want the whole enchilada. Oh, if it's just the speakers, then that's it. That's a doddle. But the GigaTube. I mean, maybe not. They won't be USB compatible. So. The GigaTube mm. is People using like their, a big thing, isn't it? The, the 5.1 whole... surround sound. There's no podcast in the yeah, living room. 282 While quid. staring at the thumbnail. How much? 282 quid for the, for the whole thing. For like the GigaTube. The oh, so unit. What have you got? So well, you've two got cassette. two two cassettes, CD, and probably FM radio. And there's an aux in. There's an aux in. Oh, there's an aux cable. There you go. There's an aux at the back, so it's not too aux for you to sort out. Uh, J- yeah. So get, if anyone's still got a JVC GigaTube, I wanna. I'd love a video of you listening to this via the GigaTube. What a dream that. Make them work hard for this one. Well, Hannah's gonna do the luxury, so we could get somebody else playing it through the GigaTube. Because it's such, it's and also explain why you bought one because they are shite. Also, with honorable mentions, if you have a video of you attempting to pick it up, <laughs> can you please send us the X-ray of your back after yeah. you attempted to move the gigatube? Oh, this is a really outdated thing with like how every bit of technology is getting smaller and um, TVs easier to pick up. But people may not know the struggles of like having to move the telly. Oh the, God, those yeah, those big old box-shaped things that are clearly not designed to be picked up. On a yeah. regular occasion with the two little holes there. It's like trying to get out of Alcatraz. <laughs> you don't know how you were born. Oh. Having to move TVs when we were younger. Yeah. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Speaking of old things that keep on showing up, Jeff Jarrett's theme, please. What? Oh, wait, it's Deborah. <laughs> wait, is that hers now? Yeah, oh. she now owns Jeff Jarrett's theme, oh. which is great. I, I loved hearing this, considering like at the day of recording is the day after Jeff right. Jarrett turned up that. in AEW. Because who had that on their fucking bingo card for yeah. 2022? You want that Noah push? Uh. Uh, <laughs> Debs in the ring has her cookies, and suddenly the pops for Palumbo and O'Hare don't seem so quiet by comparison. <laughs> she hands out cookies to the front row and asks what they think of it because Steve Austin doesn't like her cookies and she thinks they're good cookies and she wants to make sure that it's not her cooking that's wrong, it's Austin that's wrong. We get shots of people going, mm, yeah, yeah, thanks. <laughs> then Austin comes out with his uh, odd theme. Uh, they squabble over the microphone and the cookies until Debs has enough and hits Austin with the cookie tray. He takes a bump and then she leaves. Big pot for Deborah hitting Austin with the cookie tray. It, he bumped more for that than anything Rikishi did to him in two months. <laughs> Austin then eats some cookies off the mat and says, look, Debs, they're great. Nom, nom, nom. They're great. I love them. I love them. And he just stops dead in his tracks and stares. And he goes, right, I've had enough of this. And he switches gears, but it's beautiful. It's like me when I get confused. It's just like, like... And they get a little bit where he went, what am I doing? Yeah. Fucking like, a moment of realization, like, I'm eating cookies off the mat. Right, mm-hmm. enough of this. Mm-hmm. Screw this Mickey Mouse town. Uh, I happen to be in, in the worst day of my American life, he says. <laughs> Angle did the pledge earlier. Well, I pledge to whip Angle's red, white, yellow, and blue ass at SummerSlam. Uh, and then sods off. Uh, I put what the hell was this-y, because I couldn't even bother to spell this correct. So it's T-H-S-I. <laughs> uh, yeah. 
So Steve Austin is still being that weird paranoid dude that he was beforehand. Okay, it feels even more out of place when it's just him and Deborah talking and there's not much else. And it's also weird because you've got Kurt Angle in the mix and you've got The Rock calling you out. And I feel like the biggest SummerSlam feud right now is Austin versus Deborah. <laughs> yep. That hot push to Deb. That hot push for Deborah. Natural talk. Like, okay. I mean, would it have killed you to have interacted more with the other people? Yes. Yes, it would have done. Now we know. Now yeah. we know. Regal asked us here, backstage, what the bloody hell is happening? <laughs> we need The Undertaker. He's not bloody here. We haven't seen him since DDP appeared with those dodgy photos. I hope he shows up soon to Jiri. To Jiri says, hi. Do you know where he is? He's at a Bone Street Crew WI meeting and he's stuck because he sat there in the meeting. And uh, the Bone Street Crew have meetings and they'll just go through like notes for the group and stuff. Tom's putting notes down. You know, and, so it's uh, good to And uh, he's uh, and, and at the back of the room going like, I'm stuck at the time. And they'll go, okay, so is there any more questions for the uh, Bone Street Crew annual general meeting? And it's all quiet for a bit. And then Rikishi goes, oh, yeah, I'd like to talk about uh, flyering um, because uh, I've got some new flyers that I think we should make for new members of the group. And they're like, okay, well, let's all sit down and talk about flyering. And then it's like, fuck. <laughs> there's always one that asks a question at the end of a meeting, and that's where he's stuck. He's waiting for that meeting to end. He doesn't want to leave early because it looked bad on him. That's, that's the gossip I got. You weren't with us for the Bone Street crew meeting talk on the Classic Raw review, were you? I've just, it's just dawned on me. I've crossed the international oh, punchline. That would have hit harder, wouldn't it? I've crossed the international... But there's people who know it will get it. Crossed the international punchline here. Um, whereby we do... Uh, so we decided that the Bone Street crew are like a women's institute meeting group and they get mm. together on a Wednesday. Oh, so you're saying the reason he's not there is because he's stuck in a jam. And Regal's like, oh, is the traffic bad? He goes, no, 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 he's been making jam. <laughs> he's been making jam. With Rikishi and Savio Vega. Yes, that's exactly what's happened. That's exactly what's happened. To cheer up Rikishi for being injured and Vega for not being around anymore. He's <laughs> <is> rubbish. <laughs> and they're like, did he pee? And he's like, who? <laughs> did who? What? What? No. What are you talking about? Kurt Angle takes on Lance Storm with Canadian pride and flag. <laughs> And no chance of winning. Oh. Taz advises Lance not to wrestle Kurt. You ain't going to win. Trust me. Uh, well. Leave the memories alone, Taz. <laughs> uh, Austin is shown watching this match with an ice pack on his head. Uh, Storm does a good, je- uh, good job of working over Kurt. I had a job there about Deborah's potatoes, but I left it out. Well done, mate. Sort of cooking here. Even making him bleed from the, I thought it was the nose, but it appears to be later on during the match, a bit of the eye, a bit of the nose, and a bit of the mouth as well. I think it's just the mouth, but I think the way that he was, the way that he was laid down in a headlock, like it must have dribbled into his eye socket a little bit. Some shot there. I feel like it's definitely from his mouth. Wham, bam, strawberry jam. Yes. Not you, Undertaker. Uh, <laughs> Kurt continuing his streak of giving credibility to the wrestlers the others in the company have removed. Uh, they do a double cross body, but Kurt does not come to play with that one. No. Absolutely train wrecking. Poor Lance. Possibly in response to the blood coming out of him, I'm not sure. Or maybe it's just because Kurt doesn't do things by halves. Kurt starts throwing suplexes, but Storm sneaks out the angle slam and super kicks Kurt out of the ring. Lovely sequence of Lance mm. moving very smoothly. Lance mouths off at Kurt on the outstage, outstage, wow, ringside area, that's what we call that. Uh, 
uh, Kurt, so Angle beats him around the area before delivering the Angle Slam and making Lance tap with the Angle Lock. Just a wonderful display of overness. Yeah. With a supercharged crowd and Kurt bleeding from the three how, the three orifices. <laughs> orifices. Yeah. Uh, just to show he's prepared to do that for yeah. the quality. What a what a lad Kurt is. He's great. And and what a wild idea. You make Lance Storm look good and your credibility is not harmed in the slightest. Like, maybe there's something that we could all learn from this. Undertaker, hmm. Bob Holly, Bradshaw. The Rock a bit. The, a bit, you, The Rock a bit, but just saying, you're just Hollywood, saying. so you're all right. But Bradshaw. Deborah's cookies. Deborah's cookies. Yeah, Angle yeah. loses nothing from making Storm look good. Yep. Everybody's a winner. Great match. Love this. I was so happy when this was on the show, yep. and it did not disappoint. Yep. Kurt there. William Regal is happy with Kurt. Oh, here's The Undertaker. Oh, and his wife. Undertaker ain't happy. <laughs> the Undertaker and his wife. And his wife. Wow. Undertaker is not happy about being in the main event with Booker, only to find out it ain't the WCW title. Undertaker complains and gets a title shot and then mouths off at Tajiri to no pop because, wow, the kids love Angry Granddad. Miserable bastard. Can also Angle just had a non-title match against Lance Storm. It was a non-title match. He didn't piss and moan about it like Undertaker. Wouldn't make it. The point is not a title match. Fuck off, you weird old man. What are you looking at, Tajiri? The crowd favorite right now. Yeah, like oh, can I get some of your heat, brother, brother? Bumble clock. Fucking hell. Tough enough is still on the air. Even worse than Undertaker's wife being around. Shadrick cries because guys like Al Snow and Tori tell him off for not wrestling very well. They show it the same now. You know, half the wrestlers in the back are probably watching this and alternate between jacking off and laughing. They, it, everyone looks shit in Tough Enough. Everyone looks shit. Like, I don't get what... The, I, it, was a, it was a prototype for a, a, a show. They never quite get the Tough Enough formula right because you have the, the genuine thing of, I want to learn to be a wrestler... Uh, but you're in a business where everybody's very, like, everyone's getting semis on about paying your dues and, like, oh, you've got to earn it and all this stuff. Like, and they're making you feel shit for entering a competition to try and win it. Like, why? Surely your, your vitriol mm. and your poison should be aimed at the people who put the competition on in the first place, not the people who just entered to try and make a living. Come on now. Let's stop being silly. You're right, Tom. You know, you should go up uh, the proper way, going through the indies and working hard and all the stuff, rising up to the very top of your level, only to get signed to a different company, coming in willingly and taking a pay cut to help out <laughs> yeah, exactly. and being used properly. Meanwhile, <laughs> backstage, Shane McMahon continues to ruin Booker by wondering why he vowed to defend the WWE title tonight against the Undertaker. Uh, is he glad he came through the right Oh, way? absolutely. The Rock sees them talking about him on a TV and doesn't even care. Undertaker, the main event dude with a pop half that of Kane earlier, is here. Woohoo. His sidewalk <laughs> slam is over, though, which he uses on Booker straight away. We get a shot of Shane as Booker and Undertaker mess up something. Uh-oh, he can't work. Get him out. Get him out. <laughs> Shane distracts Undertaker so Booker can get the advantage because former WWE World Champion Booker can't do anything by himself against The Undertaker. No. Booker tries an X-Pac-style back kick, but Undertaker converts it into a backdrop suplex. Undertaker then gets a seated armbar to the crowd's confusion before doing old school. Taz correctly asks why the referee isn't stopping this because he's on the ropes. Give him a five count, ref. Hey, when you're right, you're right. 
Shane pushes Undertaker off the ropes, which Booker couldn't do, to further help his cause. Uh, Shane then kicks Undertaker down some, uh, while Undertaker is selling for his required three seconds. Taz talks about The Rock for a bit before Tim White gets grabbed into an avalanche and gets smothered by Undertaker. Shane grabs Sarah to stop Undertaker from killing Booker, but Sarah's a badass as well and manages to elbow Shane and get some licks in too. Booker nails Undertaker with a chair, but Undertaker's friend The Rock shows up, the rock bottom Booker T. But it's okay, because Shane chair shots Rock because he's the only one they're pushing. Undertaker then nearly pins Booker, but Shane pulls him off, and this is reaching absurd levels of bad Booker now. Booker finally bonks Undertaker with the WWE title, but then Rock punches Shane on the outside as Booker gets the 1-2. Oh no, wait! Undertaker kicks out of that, so the Alliance runs out, and it's a total non-finish with everyone punchy, 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 because God forbid Booker look anywhere near credible. Undertaker chokes Sam's Raven, and then Mike Awesome, and I bloody hated this. Uh, the Rock came out for a bit, he punched Chuck Palumbo over the ropes, he had a little bit with Sean O'Hare, him a spine buster he had a little punchy back and forth with raven which i've never seen and i was surprised by how raven and rock were similar sizes but yeah didn't like it didn't like how the the might of the rock the undertaker and sarah neck tattoo were able to run off an entire two promotions right so now ddp isn't even good enough to be on the show because he's too busy you know having a wank yeah Madame, uh, Madame Palm and her five daughters. Mm, listen listen to the shipping forecast, as, as we better know it now. Yep. Beating his dick like it was in money. <laughs> uh, that's my favourite one. That's my favourite uh, one, actually. So, yeah, okay. So he's, he's away. Booker T, who's supposed to be the serious, credible dude, who's wrestling The Rock on pay-per-view at SummerSlam, can't get anything in on The Undertaker without Shane, his helper, running the thing. All the attention's on Shane. He's doing the exact same bloody thing he did with the Kurt Angle bloody thing to take away Edge's uh, victory, uh, winning King the Ring. And now Booker looks like shite. Mm. And he's a world champion, WWE world champion, after having that great series of matches with Kurt. Yeah, this is just not entertaining for me as a guy who likes Booker. I'm sure people who didn't care about Booker were like, whatever, Matthew, they can't push everybody. Mm. I'm like, I know, but here's a guy with instant credibility and they don't have a lot of them on the roster. And now he's at the same level as Planet Stasiak. Yeah. He's Planet Booker now. It's miserable, isn't it? It's miserable. And he took that pay cut to come in. He willingly accepted that. I mean, this is why Sting didn't show up. Yeah. <laughs> Sting sat at home going, yeah, I'm going to, I'll sit this out. I'm leave that I'll, I'll wait till WrestleMania to be jobbed out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to get jobbed out. I'm going to get paid. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, that was SmackDown for this week. Yeah, um, well, so, that um, negative. I'm sorry, but... No, no, no. I hear you. I felt very similar about that, Matt. It's like, why is Booker T not getting in the appropriate licks over a guy like The Undertaker? As he's about to fight The Rock, surely make Booker T look good against The Undertaker. Yeah, so dead, dead man feels, grumbling. Yeah, yeah, dead man grumbling. Um, overall... <laughs> Muta. Um, overall, it was two all, because that last one was a no-goal, uh, nothing. Uh, so there were goals either side. So uh, SmackDown ends WWF two Alliance two. In terms of how the booking, I don't know whether the, now now how the booking feels is very different. But in terms of on paper, that's what it was perceived. It was two all. Uh, anything? What did you What did you remember from this episode? I think this is at the point where I stopped watching. Really? Because I don't recall anything but the Booker T the Rock moment. Mm, so this and might I don't be know, the last. I just saw a clip of that on Metal 
at this point or anything like that. So uh, I remember that. And I remember as a kid getting annoyed. Because <laughs> Booker like, T hey, was... Because I love The Rock. But I'm like, no, Booker T's... Booker T beat Scott Steiner. Shut up, Rock. <laughs> <laughs> I remember seeing the... I remember The Rock thing as well. But I remember enjoying it at the time. I remember thinking, The Rock's cool. And who in the blue hell are you was a line that I think I must have used on forums and stuff afterwards because The Rock said it and he's cool. Obviously, in hindsight, you go, yeah, could have. We could have done a lot more. Uh, what did you forget from this show? This might be the last. Do, uh, what do you remember? What do you forget then? It if, might be, yeah. We'll have you, to see. Yeah, uh, see how you go for next week. Lance Storm. Look incredible. Mm. I don't remember him looking that good or being presented as that much of a threat. Not a threat, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, very often in WWF. So I was happy to see that. And, like, Jericho's mate getting a good look in. This big old Canadian fly. Hey, <laughs> I'm not from here. Uh, I'm a foreigner. Hey. Yeah, I was. I mean, I was. The thing I forgot as well was Lance Storm versus Kurt Angle, the match on SmackDown. Like, I forgot that was a oh. thing. I forgot that Angle and Storm had a little tete a tete at the beginning. I thought that was the best part of the show as well. I thought that was my favorite bit. Uh, but you said that. So I will add I forgot uh, DDP's uh, dirty photo wank chamber. <laughs> <laughs> forgot that I forgot DDP having a Tommy Tank during SmackDown over Sarah Neck tattoo. He must have really good eyesight in the dark because he held a picture of her, then blew out the candle. Like, what's he going to look at if he's in the dark? Just a thought. It's fun. Keep it to yourself, Tom. That's why I tried to sell DDP. <laughs> uh, what are you plugging? Uh... Plug some stuff. I was on um, Giant Bomb's Arcade Pit stream with Dan Rykart. Nice. Yeah. Lovely, lovely people. Beautiful, lovely human being. Mm. God bless suck on it in terms of playing games, but uh, a game came up. It was like, they show things, and obviously everyone's smart when they know the answer, right? But uh, I got it, and much to the annoyance of the Americans. Uh, let's see if this will register for you. Uh, the Zumbinis. Didn't think so. It was a learning game that we had on our uh, school Ooh, PC. Oh, okay. Not familiar with it. I couldn't believe it was there. Nice. And I went, oh. And they went, oh, do you know what? And I went, yeah, Zambini's. And I went, what, is that British? I went, I think it is. And I like, hey. Get in. So, oh, that was a nice little throw. So can people watch that? They can. On um, uh, Giant Bomb's uh, YouTube channel, I believe. Oh, I think the arcade pet has their own one. Giant Bomb's so huge. I mean, I suppose mm. it was a Giant Bomb, I guess. But uh, yeah, yeah. Um, Oh, so the new Botchmania is probably down by the time you hear this. So <laughs> it'll, be, it'll be up then down by the time you hear yeah, this. I'll be more, more encryption on Thursdays. God, that's a good game. Ooh. You get, you're, uh, it's a card game, but you're, you're playing against someone and you are inexplicably in this cabin and you can't... The guy's like, you have to keep playing with me. You can't see him because it's all dark. Oh. So you're like, okay, what's what's happening here? Are we playing a game or is it the game the game? Or I don't know what's happening. I've not Googled that what happens or what's about. Yeah, you, you want to just enjoy it as it happens. Very intriguing, yes. Nice. Lovely stuff. And I was like, Kimpler, I think you listened to this. I've been helping out. So thank you, Kimpler. Twitch.tv slash Buffy Bosch. That's right, that is. Uh, on the podcast feed, a uh, couple of nice little drops. Uh, we, we do finally have the Leon Slater Desert Island Graps. We had to delay it. 
a week. But we're chatting to him. You'll hear that very soon. Lovely chat with Leon Slater, who's a young man about to take over the wrestling world as he heads over to America for the first time to wrestle for Game Changer Wrestling. Have a great chat with him about that. Uh, a brand new episode of Desert Island Graps featuring Heath. It's currently on the podcast feed. Uh, formerly Heath Slater of WWE. We chat about uh, his old married couple relationship with Rhino, who we talked about in this episode of SmackDown. Uh, and uh, we talk about the Nexus WhatsApp group. So that's fun as well. <laughs> and uh, a special chat with former Wickham Wanderers player, Adebayo Akafenwa. I love this. And he is, uh, he's, he's about to debut in wrestling. He's about to have his first wrestling match for Progress at the end of this month. Retired footballer at the age of 40. He is a fucking unit. He's 40. He's 40. He retired at 40, so I think he might be maybe 41, 42. But he looks great, doesn't he? <laughs> he looks that. phenomenal. And uh, he's about to step into the world of wrestling. We talk about uh, his favorite memories from football. Um, he, he says that him and Triple H have been texting back and forth. So that's quite an interesting little development. And uh, what? yeah, there you go. You might have read it in the mirror by now. He's got that bullshit line that sort out then. Yeah, roll that wrestling's out. built for him. Yeah. Oh, oh, you watch him do like after match like interviews. He's cutting promos, that lad is. Oh, oh he's great. He's great. And uh, also, I asked him to pick four footballers to be on a Survivor Series team with him. And his answer is very cool. Oh. So that's on the podcast feed exclusively right now. You can find it at cultaholic.com. It's a really fun little chat. Big thanks to Adebayo Akafenwa for making time to have a chat with us. And of course, wrestling news throughout the week at cultaholic.com. Until we are next back together, he is at Matthew Gregg on Twitter. I'm at Tom Gamble on Twitter. Together, we're at Elon Musk on Twitter. Don't forget to join us. Offer a cry wank in the dark. Love you. Bye. <laughs> Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Cultaholic.